Hi, this is John Schlitt, and you're listening to Wild Man and Steve. Yep, Wild Man and Steve. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wild Man and Steve show starts right now. Welcome you once again to the classic Christian rock podcast, Wild Man here. And, of course, Steve is with me once again. I've been trying to talk him out of this, but he just keeps showing up. Um, you know you know how Latin teachers are. Um, but I'm excited once again because Steve, otherwise known as Mr. Segway, I'm sure is not going to disappoint his fans with a nice Segway. You know, I'm afraid I, I, I am. In fact, I'm probably going to disappoint everybody because I've got a little critique of our show. I probably should have mentioned this to you, not actually on the show. I probably should have just emailed you this or texted you this because I, I've got a problem with the show, Wild Man. And oh, no. to be honest, I, th- I think we've been a little bit weak. I think we've kind of been waffling. I think we've kind of been on the fence about some things. And I really think it's time we take this in a new direction. And I think we really need to be more resolute in, in, in what we're doing. And, and I just, I really feel that. I believe that. Um, it, listen, man, we need to be resolute. And, and I hope the day comes when we can actually say we are resolute when it comes to what we're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, there it is. Mr. Segway strikes again. We Are Resolute is the band we are interviewing today. Well, a member of the band, we have Brian Carmen, guitarist with us um, from We Are Resolute. Brian, how are you doing today, sir? Pretty good. Well, it's great to have you on the show. And I got to tell you, Brian, um, I'm, I'm excited about this because I, years and years and years ago, um, I, I'm, I'm a guitarist, but I'm an amateur guitarist. But way back when, I was ready to hit the road, and I thought that was going to be what I did for the rest of my life. So I love guitars, and I love talking guitar, and uh, that's just everything I'm about. So, Steve, you can uh, get off the call now, if you wish, um, because Brian and I are going to have some guitar talk now. I, I, say, I think my work here is done already. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We welcome, we welcome any Latin teacher who's a rock and metal enthusiast. enthusiast we welcome. But, Brian, could you, <laughs> could you take us back and, uh, and just tell us what got you involved in music in the first place and specifically into playing guitar? Well, when I was younger, I used to play air guitar like everybody else, you know. And uh, but I never, I never started playing guitar until I was 35, and that's when I met my drummer John Machma. And okay. he had just come over. He had be- become a Christian not too long before I met him, and we were in the same adult Sunday school class. So we decided to come over. He decided to come over to my house. We had lunch, and then we sat around listening to Christian rock because I had all the CDs: White Cross, White Heart, Petra, and all that. And uh, it was really cool sitting around listening to music and not doing drugs while I did it because, you know, I came out of a really bad um, growing up doing the drugs and all that kind of stuff. So it was really cool just sitting there listening to Christian music 
being uplifted by the lyrics and, you know, loving like Rex Carroll playing his guitar and everything. And that's how John and I met. And in passing, in our conversation, he just said to me, if you buy a guitar, I'll teach you a couple things. Well, and that's how I started my band, Otherwise Broken. I did Otherwise Broken for about 12 years. We played a lot of gigs. We never got to record. But we did a Cornerstone Festival in Illinois, pushed wow. out Illinois. Yes, yes. That, that was pretty cool. That was on my bucket list. And then we found out after we signed up for it uh, that it was going to be the last year of it. And I'm like, oh, man. But we got to play two stages. We did the um, uh, Michigan stage, which was new that year. And then the other one was the Impact stage, which been around for a while. So that was an honor to be able to play there. Well, that is really cool. Uh, we just recently got back from Kingdom Come Fest, uh, which okay. has been going on for about 10, 11 years now, and it's uh, a little bit north of Indianapolis, Indiana. And the guys that are behind that really started Kingdom Come Fest out of the, kind of the ashes of Cornerstone. They said, you know, once Cornerstone had ended, they said there's oh, still wow. a need to have a festival like this. And I will tell you, they really got their act together and uh, perhaps uh, after the interview, uh, we can talk with you about that. But I'm sure uh, they would love to have you guys. And I think you would really enjoy uh, playing that festival as well. That's one of the questions that I always like to ask and love to hear, and I think our fans like to hear that as well. Whether it's secular music or Christian music, uh, metal, rock, or any other genre, uh, what are some of the things that really influenced you, whether it was growing up or uh, as you uh, became a musician in your own right? I, I grew up, um, I was born in 66, so I, I listened to a lot of Aerosmith, Kiss, Led Zeppelin, Bach Turner Overdrive, stuff like that. And then um, when I became a Christian in 1985, I heard of a band called Striper. <laughs> and I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get to listen to them because the church I went to was very legalistic. And so it wasn't until around 1991 when I moved up to Michigan, West Michigan, Holland, um, that a friend of mine came up to me. No, it was my brother. 
he, he came up and said, hey, Brian, this guy at work told me about this band called Petra, and he says they're Christian. What do you think? And I started going off on that, um, all rock and rolls of the devil, you know, kind of junk. And uh, I said, wait a minute. And I think it was the Spirit of God stopping me. He goes, let me find out, and I'll answer you in about a week or two. So I had a friend that had some cassette tapes of Petra. And, man, I listened to that, and I was hooked. I said, how can this be of the devil? There's no way. <laughs> so from that point on, I just started listening to every Christian rock band I could get my hands on, White Cross and Petra and White Heart and uh, Christovox and a little bit of Tourniquet. They're a little bit too heavy for me, but some of their songs are pretty cool, like uh, Carry the Wounded was a really good song. You know, I was going to say, it, it's interesting. We, we talk to artists, and I'll say this delicately, uh, artists of a certain era, okay, and, and uh, all of us on this uh, interview right now are, are from the exact same time period, so we're, we're all really brothers here. Uh, but it really is interesting, some of those same bands you hear over and over again, both on the secular side, you know, again, the Aerosmiths, Led Zeppelins, uh, you know, some of the guys even, you know, uh, the, uh, the the Deep Purples and the Black Sabbaths and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then when they move into the, the Christian, it's always the same band, right? It's the Petra. It's the, the, the White Cross. It's the Striper. Yep. Uh, those really just were, were such foundational bands for so many artists. How does that play into your music today, both lyrically and uh, musically? Lyrically? I always hung out with the, like uh, in my mind with the music that I would buy. It had to be spiritually st uh, stable. So like obviously <clears throat> Bob Hartman is a fantastic writer. And it's right. like a little Bible study, Bible studies in every song, you know? Yes. So that's why I keep our music. If you, if you follow along with our music at all, uh, Dale Thompson even said that my writing is it's deep enough Christian theology, but you don't need a concordance. And so I wow. thought that was pretty cool. Um, like I, on my Facebook page, I have the We Are Resolute Bible Basics for Living, and I think there's so many people out there that accept the Lord, but then they, they're wandering around and they're not really learning how to study, you know? And yeah. so I make that page, and I use illustrations in my own life, and I do podcasts also. It's not like known or anything, but I've done about 10 or 12 so far. And it's just to keep it basic so that they don't feel intimidated and they can actually, you know, grow. And for, for Christians that have been Christians for a while, it's just good to get into the Word and hear perspectives from other people. So...
Halloween, the car work that I've done on this project is where I've watched a lot of Blood Good um, concerts and been to two of them. And Paul Jackson would do this little thing where he takes the pick and kind of goes repeatedly picking at it, like up and down. Because I can't do the speed, like the speed metal junk. So so I do that to get any of my fast stuff as I go through a scale. So I started playing guitar when I was 35, and I'm 54 now and have a daughter and a full-time job, so I don't get to play as much as I want to. And... What you hear on our CD is like the best that I've got so far. So, I mean, it's really cool to even just be playing guitar. So I'm not Eddie Van Halen or Rex Carroll. I'm just Brian Carmen, you know? I've watched and what I've listened to, you're definitely, um, your, your playing is, is solid. And that, 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 that brings a question uh, from my perspective. As a guitarist myself, um, you know, I started playing when I was uh, 13. You know, it was pretty much my life. Okay. Um, so talk to us a little bit about what it was like starting to learn an instrument at the age of 35. Well, it was exciting, it, actually, because I always wanted to do it i've always like woke up in the middle of the night in the middle of a dream playing guitar and like oh man it wasn't real <laughs> so when my, when my drummer john said he'd show me a few things i, I think i shocked him because i had gone down to florida for a vacation i came back bought a guitar and came over to his house and he's like what i said hey you told me you'd show me a couple things <laughs> so he found out that you put something in my mind and i'm going after it so and it was really cool learning um I remember driving my wife nuts because I would do three like regular chords over and over. Honey, right. come here and listen to this. And it's like, I can hear it through the house. <laughs> 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 uh, with Otherwise Broken, we played, basically we played live everywhere. And I think when I finally went to studio, our own studio, um, I cannot play to a, a click track. It is so hard. Oh, my goodness. It, it really is frustrating. And I know to be good for the studio, you've got to play along with the click track. So it's really rough. So what everything you've heard was really uh, a lot of hard, hard, hard work for me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, so I, what I'm hearing you say, if I if I hear that right, is that you know you got so used to playing live that you're playing what you feel, um, yep. and and it wasn't so structured at like the studio work is. Right. Exactly. Because I had a different drummers throughout the 11 years, I think it was, of Otherwise Broken. And we had a couple drummers that would play the same song, but never the same way twice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Man, yeah. We, had, we had one dude that would speed it up in the bass player, and I would look at each other when we knew we were doing hyperdrive. <laughs> it was just going so fast, and I knew <laughs> I had a solo that should be like eight measures. But we played like eight measures of it in four measures. It was so fast. <laughs> mm. 
So, so tell us, how did you how did you end up getting uh, connected with Dale Thompson for this project? Well, okay. through Facebook, through Facebook, and uh, Dale Thompson had put a uh, an ad vocalist for hire. <laughs> I was all over that. Are you kidding oh. me? One of my, wow. one of my top top five favorite vocalists said, you know, now it's just a matter of how much. And so one thing led to another, and uh, he did the song Your Enemy for me, and I was, like, blown away. And so we just said, hey, you, you want to do the rest of the album? <laughs> yep. So we got interviewed on the Covenant Metal show. It was like a Zoom or Facebook Messenger thing, and it was pretty fun. We actually got Dale on there, too, so... You know, it, it's interesting these days the, the way the recording process goes. And I've heard from a lot of artists, uh, not only from our own show, but just uh, listening to other artists' interviews. You know, back in the day, right, everybody had to come together. You had to get in the same studio. Uh, everybody had to show yep. up at the same time, and, and you, re- you record your stuff. Obviously, now there's, there's so much more flexibility uh, thanks to technology. Yeah, yeah. How does that work, though? Dale is is half a planet away, right? He's he's over in New Zealand. Uh, you're here in the United States. Uh, how does that work for you guys trying to pull the music together from such different places? Okay, so what we do is all the music you hear is just me and John. So John's doing um, drums, bass, and some of the guitars. I write all the songs. And I do the guitars. And I did keyboard, too, and I can't even play keyboard. So the keyboard you hear on Your Enemy, that's me. And I'm not even, I can't even play a lick of keyboard, so that was really cool to do it. I said, hey, we thought it sounded good, boom. But uh, we record it all on our program here. We do a first mix, um, and then we send it to Dale. And I do the vocals singing it, so Dale knows what our concept is. So it must be fun for him to hear me. But anyway... Um, we send it to him via um, WeTransfer. We use WeTransfer because it takes larger, um, I guess, email can't handle the um, right. amount of um, data or data. So then when we send it to him, he retrieves it, then he downloads it onto his computer, and then he adds his vocals to it. So it's fairly easy as far okay. as that. Okay. Okay. Yep. So, uh, so Brian, how does that affect, though, you already mentioned about the live idea. Um, you were used to playing live, and Dale's in New Zealand. So I, I'm hearing you say you guys aren't planning anything live together concert-wise um, for right. Resolute. Is there, some, is there a plan for concerts uh, using another singer or anything like that, or is it all just going to be recorded? Right now, as far as we know what God's doing, we just started our second project. Okay. So um, 
John and I, when we got together four and a half years ago, said that we just keep on making projects. We had no clue Dale Thompson would be on board, so that just blew our mind. But sure. uh, um, because of the contacts that I've had, um, there are some possibilities, but we need to know that God, it's something that God's doing. And I do, I do have another guitarist up in Muskegon, Michigan, about, about less than an hour from here, from where I live. And he used to be in my band, Otherwise Broken, and he's already said, yeah, he'd jump in if we do that. So it would take some doing because we'd have to like get to find the time to get together to practice and all that stuff. But we're open to it, but we need to right. know that it what, is what God wants us to do. Sure, absolutely. And, of course, what we really desire here, Dale, if you are listening, you can make your way over here and give us a nice concert. <laughs> we would love that. I've got to say something here, and um, okay, this I may step on your toes. Okay, I'm just going to come right out of the gate here. You posted something on Facebook recently, and a lot of you artists do this kind of thing. I love it and I hate it at the same time. You posted a little teaser video of of some tracks coming up, and I listened to that thing. And I love it because it sounds so good. And then I get frustrated because I'm like, when is the album coming out? <laughs> Which, of course, is exactly what you guys want. Right? You, want to, you want to stir it's up the, the excitement. Already, it's already out. That's why I put it there to further the, um, the interest. If you go to Rocks Records, R-O-X-X, records.com, and it's also on eBay and what's the other place? Amazon. The, the album is available. We are resident. Okay. Shine the light. Shine the light. Now, is that is that in uh, digital and CD or digital only? What's the format there? Right now, it's only CD. We are um, working on getting it onto. We use a distro kid, and right now we do have two songs up, but we found out that they weren't the final version, so I haven't pulled them down yet. So, as soon as John sends me the stuff via um, we transfer, then I'm gonna get all those songs uploaded onto DistroKid, which puts it onto all the iTunes and the um, all that stuff. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Yep. But the CD is already available.
So, you know, Brian, you mentioned um, earlier about, uh, you know, you mentioned about uh, rough upbringing with drugs and so forth. You mentioned it was good to listen to rock and roll without that. Um, can you share a little bit about how you came to Christ? Sure. Um, back, back in the 70s, it, early 70s and stuff, it wasn't as prevalent as it is now divorce. My parents got divorced, and uh, it was pretty tough. It was pretty tough. So we ended up moving down to Florida, uh, Port Ritchie, Florida, and I'm up here in Michigan right now, back to my roots. But uh, I was about ten and a half years old, and my mom was addicted to drugs, some painkillers that she hurt her back, and she got addicted to the painkillers. So our clothes, one day, our clothing didn't get washed. And so I couldn't participate in gym. Now, I don't really like to talk about this much, but I want it to be used because for God. Um, sure. I can't, sure. See out of my, I can't see out of my left eye. I got hit in the left eye with a plastic hockey puck and lost the vision in my eye. And ever since that day, I was afraid of dying and stuff. So the the fear of death brought me to listen to my grandfather who was always witnessing Christ to me. And in 1985, I finally uh, broke down, repented of my sin and asked Christ into my heart. And I've been trying to follow him the best I can. You know, no one's perfect and God doesn't expect perfection. Just uh, follow him, you know? Sure. And so it was really cool. It was weird because um, I was playing my old Atari 2600 and they were, they were new back then, you know? <laughs> and, uh, Remember it well. I just, yeah, and I had just got done smoking some pot, and so I'm sitting there thinking I'm enjoying myself, you know, because that's what the devil does to us. And I looked over, and there was my Bible all dusty. And I'm telling you, it wasn't me. I wasn't going, I think I'll find God tonight. I just looked at that Bible, I dusted it off, and, and I started crying, and I asked him into my heart. And wow. the, song, the song from Bloodgood, Never Be the Same, Right. I mean, right after I worked in a restaurant, and right after I got saved, I was talking to this old man that was a waiter. No, he's a cook, and I told him about Jesus. I, I just got saved. He looked at me. Don't worry, I did that once too. You'll get over it. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, I don't get over it. There's no sure. way. My life was changed, man. It was unbelievable. <laughs> well, that that's a that's definitely an inspiring story. Um, you know, uh, just hearing testimonies like yours is something that we're all about here on this show. We just love to hear how what God is doing, but specifically how how people come to know who Christ is. And we think our listeners are always interested in that. And it's always encouraging to to continue to hear nowadays people coming uh, to know who Christ is. And we do we do like the nostalgia of talking about the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Man, Steve, he really <laughs> he really connected with us, didn't he? Oh, absolutely. We, we, we could do a whole separate show just on, on the Atari 2600. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, you, so you got this album out. Uh, it's already out, like you said. It's on Amazon, it's eBay. Uh, you got that going on. Uh, you, you talked about the, the logistics of trying to do a tour or trying to, uh, to perform live and so forth. What are your goals professionally and and for a Christian artist professional goals and and faith goals often go together and, and as you already said you know you, you guys are really listening for God's lead on something you're not going to do it 
uh, if you don't really feel his leading on it. Um, where do you guys see yourselves going um, the rest of 2020, or for some of us are already ready to write 2020 off, uh, even in <laughs> 2021? Where do you self, uh, see yourselves going uh, professionally? Um, we're going to continue working our day jobs. Um, keep on. Right now, um, my drummer is getting back together with his wife, so that's a huge praise. Hmm. They've been separated for quite a few years, and now they're going to get back together again. So every other Saturday is when we get to record. And so we've had two Saturdays to start on the new project, which is going to be called Only Human. And I'm going to touch on, uh, there's three, three main songs that, of the ten that I want to point out. One of them is uh, a song, You Belong to Me, and it's about suicide. My brother committed suicide in 2003. And so this is a really touching song, and my daughter is 13. And I actually came up with the song after hearing her, I told her, play something on the piano that I might be able to use, and she did, and it, it's really beautiful. And I just made it. Steve, you saw the little video I made about suicide, right? Yes, yes. Yep, so that's why I did that too. So, oh, okay. Um, so the, other song, the other song is one that's going to be called, the working title is called Traffic. It's about sex trafficking. And then, see, I said suicide, trafficking. Oh, what's the other one? Well, abortion. Um, a lot of songs are, are written from the perspective of the female or focusing on the female. And this song is going to be about the man that finds out that his girlfriend had the baby aborted without telling him. And so it's going to be another one of those emotional good ones. It's going to, it's going to, it should rock pretty good. And I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, no Longer Breathing is the name of it. Oh, wow. 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 Uh, okay. Listen, Brian. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people, you know, that we say, you know, I don't even listen to the lyrics, man. I just listen to the music, right? I just want to kind of chill out or I'm driving to work or, driving home from work, and I just want to disconnect and listen to some music. From those songs you just described, I mean, you're talking, uh, like you just said, you know, abortion, sex trafficking, suicide. You're hitting some heavy issues oh, yeah. lyrically. Uh, is that something that you really want to, to try to continue doing, is to delve into issues or maybe specifically issues that you don't hear other musicians addressing? I don't think it's purposeful. I think uh, I write what God sends me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It gets in, it gets on my mind, and I can't shake it. And it's like, man, that's got to be God because why would that, why would that be bothering me so much? I got to do it. <laughs> so the other seven songs can be what the other people want. So if they don't want to listen to it, they can skip it.
this podcast, we do interviews, and we've interviewed uh, several Christian artists on this podcast, and and people use podcast times to just uh, uh, listen to, to an artist that they're familiar with, and but then we also have listeners that um, they hear it, and they're like, oh, I, I forgot they were with that band, or I've never heard of them before, what are they doing? So if we have listeners right now that aren't certain, um, where where's the best place for them to find information about you and everything that you're doing, all the projects you're involved in? We have a YouTube channel. Um, we are Resolute. And then we also have Reverb Nation. And I think we have like 650-some people that like us on that one. Wow. Um, Facebook is the one that I keep up the most. Okay. And we just have... 538 fans there now, which before Dale, we stayed like at 111 for like three years or something. (laughs) (laughs) I have a Twitter, but I don't use it very often. I don't like how Twitter's set up, but I'll drop something on there every once in a while. Okay. Okay. So what would be um, like the listener, the ones that are listening now that, that um, are checking you out and listening to the projects on your YouTube channel, they're saying, Hey, I really like this. You know, like Steve and I, I mean, when we listen to it, we're like, hey, we really like, we can get behind this. Um, what, is the right. best, what is the best way that we or the fans that are listening can support you? Uh, first, buy the CD. <laughs> we did, um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're signed with Rocks Records. I, in my phone interview with Bill from Rocks Records, he said um, it was a really good phone interview, and I'm so glad that the Lord allowed us to sign with him. He worked with uh, Striper when they had the Striper Expo when they weren't a band. Yes. Oh, like, wow, sure. Yeah. Great. And he's worked with Chris Vox and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a pretty good little label, and it's doing what we need. What he did was we signed a contract for a $300 um, press, so 300, 300 CDs, I mean, 300 CD press, and we got 50 of them. So we're hoping <clears throat> that the sales are good because if he sells all of the 300, we get a second exact same contract so we get 50 more cds so that's what we're hoping for yeah so i i guess what you're saying and steve and i have heard this from several artists nowadays is that if you want to support a musician or a band that you like the best way is to buy the cd the physical cd is that what i'm hearing you say well right now because that's the only thing we have available but when we get it up on the itunes and um all that kind of stuff then we right. need people to listen to it on uh all those um, streaming ones. Like Spotify, yeah. iTunes. Yeah, because the more you listen, the more we get paid. And then for the ones we can buy it digitally, I mean, we're only going to um, charge 99 cents. We, we figure 99 cents is better than doing the $1.29. More people might buy it that way, you know. Right. So, yeah, purchasing. Oh, and I forgot. <clears throat> we also have um, merchandise, and it's really good quality. I already bought a hat, a shirt, a coffee cup, a poster. I mean, I've been buying stuff off of there. Um, we get $4 per item, and we didn't invest anything. It's ChristianBandShirts.com. Christian, I, I've seen that site, yeah. You say yep. ChristianBandShirts.com? Oh, man. Our front cover of our CD is on the, uh, the T-shirt, and it looks spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a, a friend of mine I used to work with 20 years ago. He came up to me, and, and we were talking, and he he looked at my hat and he goes, what's that? And I said, well, that's my band, blah, blah, blah. Well, he ended up buying the CD from me and the next day he comes in and goes, Brian, that was good. <laughs> and he just loves it. And he just bought a shirt 
and he was going to wear it, and his son stole it from him and said it was his. So now he, he's laughing when he's telling me this, and now he's got to buy another shirt. <laughs> they're, they're, really, yeah, they're really good quality. So, Brian, you know, we're wrapping up the interview here. Um, one final question that I have, and I ask this a lot because I know that the people that are listening, we have some that are just fans and they like music, and then you have some that are aspiring musicians that are younger, that are ready to do this as a career. And then you may even have people like me that, you know, here I am a minister and I love it and never hit the road like I expected. Um, what is your advice for any of them at any age that has an inkling um, to do music for God? What would be your piece of advice for them? Very first thing, whatsoever you do, do as unto the Lord. So make sure that you're walking with the Lord first so that you can hear his voice when he calls you. And so after that, now you're ready to look for what you want to do, what skill skill set has the Lord given you, right? So right. if you're doing that, make sure you buy it, buy whatever instrument you're going to do and make sure you commit to reading your word, reading the word, praying, and obeying the Lord and practice. Wow. Yeah, that was solid, solid advice. Yeah, solid <laughs> advice and, and quite refreshing that, that you started with uh, your spiritual walk is the most important thing. If you don't, you can get caught up in, in a web of a lot of temptation. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. Well, Brian, we want to thank you for coming on today. Ladies and gentlemen, um, We Are Resolute is the name of the band, the name of the project, and as Brian has already shared, um, they are the, the CD is out now with uh, Dale Thompson as the lead singer, uh, the uh, front man for Bride, and uh, we're looking forward to more things from Brian in the future. We want to thank One, you for coming out today. Three, four.
One is not able to listen to Brian Carmen for long without hearing a testimony of how God can turn one's life around. Brian's life was changed when he realized who Jesus was. For anyone out there who doesn't know Jesus, I pray in this moment he would reveal himself to you and speak to you in a way he has never done before. May you come to know him today. Simply ask him, Jesus, show me who you are. You may be surprised at what he may do. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more information about us and to leave us a review, please go to wildmanandsteve.com.